brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Now it's sippin' time. Hey, welcome to the Seps episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. We are the best thing on at 2 a.m. and we thank you for choosing to listen to us instead of the Far West Texas Surf Report. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that those sound like Texas waves? They sound uh, like they're wearing a hat, yeah. A little bit longer, yeah. a little a little lower. <laughs> we'll get to hear some of the Far West Texas Surf Report on a clip today. You don't want to miss that. And you definitely don't want to miss this show. I'm one of your hosts here at the table, good old boy Mike. And joining me here on this show is good old boy Harmeet. Well, uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> I am going to say, yeah, that works. I'm going to say, it, say that works. And Made Man Bob is joining us again as well. It's always good to be here. Bob is joining us from the Bourbon Mafia, which we'll learn more about at the end of the show today. This episode of Sip, Suds, and Smokes. You can't learn too much about the Bourbon Mafia. This episode of Sip, Suds, and Smokes is sponsored by Fine Spirits Wine and Liquor. Check out the Enomatic machines to sample great products by the glass, including great selections of bourbon and whiskey. You can reach them online at www.finespirits.net. While our sip segments are all about wine, distilled spirits, tea, and coffee, it's a full hour episode that will be mildly entertaining for about 22 minutes. <laughs> so, my <laughs> son. Boy, that's that's We're a reaching, high number for us. Today. Wow. <laughs> well, 18, 22 minutes, you know, wherever we at, yeah. So my soft goal today is actually not to offend any people of Virginia before the first segment break. I'm wondering if that'll happen. First from there. I I don't know. It's a soft goal. That's all I have to say. Back. I had Sunder back. Well, um... Today is actually a full distillery takeover show covering A. Smith Bowman, originally out of Fredericksburg, Virginia. Sometimes a distillery actually makes more than one product, and A. Smith Bowman has lots of history, both with the country and with liquor, making some of the first versions of these products on U.S. soil. We're going to talk about several products from A. Smith today, and here are those products we're going to cover, taste, and review. Deep Run Vodka. Sunset Hills Gin, George Bowman Aged Rum, John J. Bowman Single Barrel Whiskey. I, I sound like I'm reading it like a, you know, some auditory. Bowman Brothers. <laughs> Bowman Brothers Small Batch Whiskey. And we'll talk a little bit about some of the limited edition in the Abraham Bowman series uh, at the ch- end of the show as well. <clears throat> so we have a really great lineup uh, to talk about from A. Smith Bowman. And I've asked Bob to cover some of the background on A. Smith Bowman. It's time to fire up some good old Virginia music. Take her away there, Bob. Got it. 
A. Smith Bowman bought the Sunset Hills Estate Farm in 1927 and opened up a dairy and granary. Uh, the farm was so abundant he needed to use uh, for the excess grain from his fields. In 1935, after the repeal of Prohibition in the state of Virginia, he built and licensed a distillery. His that sounds like an excuse. Well, he just wanted to make whiskey. Hey, he had a license. <laughs> That's, that's better than a lot of people. Uh, his sons maintained that tradition, continuing to feed the distiller's grains to the dairy cattle, which made them extremely happy. Uh, let's see. As a small and American family-owned company, A. Smith Bowman balances time-honored traditions with innovative and creatively to, to produce handcrafted spirits. Distilled from the finest ingredients, the premium products created at A. Smith Bowman Distillery honor the legacy and groundbreaking spirit of Virginia's pioneers. Until the 50s, uh, the Bowman Distillery was the only legal distillery operation in Virginia, underlining the word legal. In 1947, <laughs> Bowman acquired 3,240 additional acres, making the track the largest privately owned property in the D.C. metro area until the 60s. It was then sold to real estate developers. About 60 acres, including the distillery, was sold back to Bowman's Sons, and they continued to operate until 1988. Because of the rising real estate costs, the distillery eventually moved to the Fredericksburg area, where to this day they continue to produce innovative small-batch whiskey, gin, rum, and vodka. You can visit the current distillery for a complimentary tour and learn about the journey from still to bottle, as well as the mashing and barrel aging processes. Once in the barrel room, you'll experience the angel's share. Uh, Bowen's Mary Ayern tells us the angel share is the great aroma that you smell when you walk into the distillery, uh, part of the bourbon that we are sharing with the angels. The copper still also carries her as the namesake and its name Mary. Uh, Bowman's spirits are made on two copper stills, again one named Mary, the other is named George. Copper has been used for generations in whiskey distilling because it removes the sulfur compounds from alcohol, resulting in a better tasting spirit. Both stills were custom-made by Vendone Copper and Brass Works in Kentucky. Mary is the workhorse that distills Bowman's Bourbon. George was installed in February as considered experimental. Uh, their master distiller, Brian Pruitt, has been distilling a wide array of spirits for many years. His foodie mentality translates into the bottle via unique flavors and recipes. Every few months, Bowman releases a new expression under the Abraham Bowman Limited Edition label, and these are typically small batches and sell out fairly quickly. In 2003, the Sazerac Company purchased the distillery and began investing in renovation and looking to update the product line. When longtime master distiller Joe Dangler retired, the mantle of master distillery was handed to Truman Cox, the mad scientist from Buffalo Trace who brought his interest in creating solid traditional bourbon as well as experimentation with him to his new home in Virginia. Under his stewardship, the new A. Smith Bowman continued to build upon itself a dedicated following, as seems to happen with just about anything that Sazerac buys. A. Smith Bowman is still the home of Virginia gentlemen. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate uh, the overview and background of A. Smith Bowman. Well, if you're t uh, keeping track, so far, so good. I've managed to get this far and not offend anyone for Virginia, but... It's still young. <laughs> In the episode. Well, if you haven't offended anyone. You had let Bob do all the talking. Well, that right? well, that's part of my tactic. See, so you know, it's it's all about strategy. <laughs> family in Virginia as well as North Carolina, so I I can equally offend either one. Ah, <laughs> well, we uh, we had a contest of who could uh, pull off the best Virginia accent, and Bob won that contest. That's so, just racist. <laughs> 
Well, well, you know. <laughs> well, we do like racing in Virginia. Oh, well. Oh, well. You're going to get the honor of going over the SIPs rating. Do it, do it, Bob. He did it right. You said racing, right? With cars? Oh, yes. Well, we'd be tasting and discussing these fine here drinks and rating them with these SIPs ratings plus our signature sounds. Like here it. are the ratings now. One, give me a glass of water to wash out my mouth. I like that. That's like that's like a full blown uh, foghorn uh, leghorn. Yeah, I like that. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Mike, you need to do the chicken hawk. You <laughs> I mean it's racist? You're the one that gave him that clip. <laughs> well, was my grandfather in that clip. It was from his high school prom, but you know. Uh, Let's see here. Two. Nice. But what else y'all have? Well, isn't that nice? It's the draw-off, y'all. I like there. Hmm. Three. Hmm. Interesting. What was this again? Interesting. Four. Let's keep this a secret to ourselves and pour me another. That's classified. And five, oh my, I was unaware anything could be this good. Oh my goodness! Yes! 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 Wow, that was, uh, that was really good. You know, I, I, I can almost... You just channel your inner Foghorn Leghorn and Robert E. Lee and sort of combine them. I, I, I'm sitting next to him and uh, he doesn't look like the colonel I was envisioning. <laughs> no. There's, there's no mustache, there's no cane... When he was speaking, that I, I saw the cigar. It looks no like the guy here. living under the bridge, but you know. <laughs> well, you know the the thing I like is he sounds like he's either has relatives from there or he has spent way too much time watching those cartoons. I'm not really quite sure which one it is. It, probably Richmond both. And Lynchburg down near Danville, and then they go down a little bit more into the western part of North Carolina, where they have a little bit different kind of an accent. Then uh, the family originally came down from Charleston, and down in Charleston, they have a very particular kind of draw. So, <laughs> I love that. World-class whiskey it's expert and, and, West, and voice me. actor. <laughs> It's creepy when you start heading into places like Louisiana and it starts mixing in with Creole. So, yeah, that it is creepy. <laughs> I lived there for a while. <laughs> mm. Well, let's get to our first product for today. Uh, we have lots of great products to talk about from A. Smith Bowman. And uh, first up, we're going to talk about the vodka, which is called Deep Run Virginia Vodka. Here's a, a, a few particulars about the vodka. This is uh, declared clear. Uh, it is uh, 80 proof um, at, in the bottle, and it's gone through distillation seven times. Um, here's just a few notes um, about this. Um, it's vodka. <laughs> there you go. That's my tasting notes. Um, you know, from the bottler itself. So they just declare this as a Virginia style uh, vodka. Um, not really a whole lot more beyond that. Um, I when I first saw this, I'm like, hmm, I'm really wondering what this is going to be like. You know, I was like, you know, is this going to be close to a green vodka or a potato vodka, or you know, is it going to have you know be you know completely neutral? So um, we'll uh, we'll get right into it here. First up is hard meat with your tasting notes on Deep Run. Okay, so from my background, I'll tell you now, I do taste a lot of vodkas side by side. 
in this case, we didn't have a guest to compare, and so it's just sitting by itself. It was harder to do it that way. When, when you have a comparison of different vodkas, you can actually really focus in on the flavor and, and, and components of the nose as well. Uh, I see here you, this is classified as an uncommon vodka. And I think that you take that the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons ratings as mm-hmm. one out of every hundred monsters you incur. <laughs> but um, I, it, I have never seen this before. I know it's available down here. Apparently, it, the price is mid-range and you know, like a premium vodka. What did it taste like? Not so much premium. Hmm. Uh, the nose was, um, you know, fairly medicinal it wasn't a, a great or gentle nose it was and we did this in um in glencairn glasses which is not perfect for vodka but really good still a little bit of acetone on there i didn't i didn't appreciate the nose the uh, the texture of the vodka was really nice they didn't add any glycerin to this like some horrible offenders from countries like sweden so it didn't taste feel slippery um it wasn't super sweet there wasn't a lot of residual sugar left it is distilled dry i mean and it did finish a little bit bitter um that i found is the fault so i didn't really quite like the mouth feel and I mean, it's it's decent mixing vodka, but it's probably too expensive for mixing vodka. Hmm. And I it uh, two. Hmm. I didn't want to two two. Well, sip. isn't that nice? <laughs> nice. But what else do you have? All right. Um, so, Bob, what do you think about deep run vodka here? Um, it's vodka. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it puzzles me when somebody spends that much time and effort to make a distilled spirit and keep working on it and working on it and working on it to try and make it taste like as nothing as they possibly can. Hmm. Um, I'm a whiskey guy. I'm not a real vodka guy. I've tried quite a few, especially hanging out with this guy. Um, I thought it was a a fairly decent vodka. Um, Nothing really leaped out at me that I said, you know, was a huge fault. Um, I did notice, as he said, I you know I didn't pick up that glycerin slipperiness that that a lot of European vodkas will add glycerin to it to give it a little bit more of a, a thicker mouth feel. Um, all in all, you know, a, a, you know, a fairly average vodka. I, again, I, I've got to agree with Harm. A little expensive for what it is, coming from a smaller distillery. A lot of times, you know, economies of scale things are a little more expensive. Um, I gave it a two. Two as well. Nice, but what else do you have? Well, you know, I like uh, several points that uh, Harmeet was making there about it is very difficult to taste vodkas as a standalone. It it is kind of nice to have some other reference, you know, standards around when you when you are tasting vodkas. So I did not do that today either, and I think uh, I might go back and do that, you know, here on a break to kind of check things out, you know, against some other vodkas. My tasting notes on Deep Run, um, you know, I wrote down it had some grain and some flavor to it. Um, it didn't taste like it was, you know, a potato vodka. Um, Not at all. Yeah. No, it wasn't even close to uh, some of the things like that. It does have some flavor. Uh, it has like a hint of sweetness, both on the nose as well as within the taste itself. 
Um, and the main thing I wrote down is this is not neutral. So a lot of people always think that vodka um, is completely odorless and flavorless, and that's not entirely true about all vodkas. Um, I don't think a single vodka out there that really is like that. I've yeah, never tasted one. Yeah, I know that. I always uh, find it interesting when people make that comment and they go, "Well, there's no flavor to you know this at all." And I think until you sit down and taste like you know five or six vodkas all in a row, um, I think you'll begin to understand the nuances of flavors in between them. I agree that the flavor profile, uh, you know, between many of these things is very hard, maybe to uh discern specifically the differences between them but when you definitely have flavor there you 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 can recognize it and um like i said this was not neutral and had just a hint of sweetness on the nose um i actually like this um i i I didn't i didn't want to put it in a category of premium i think there are some other things maybe in this price point that i probably enjoy a little bit better but um all in all i i thought it was okay um i just gave it a solid three interesting Hmm, interesting what was that again well um we've enjoyed uh you know a bit of some background as well as uh, a few products that we've gone over so far and uh listen we're going to take a quick break here we're going to come right back and we'll talk more about a smith Bro- bowman's products wait you didn't offend any virginians yet <laughs> Hey, welcome back here to the West Texas Surf Report. Whoa, that wave was better than watching one shooting range off of Ply Baghdad. Picking off white boys from South Padre on shortboards right before sunrise. <laughs> That's a pretty good impression. When you hear the clip later, you know, you'll you'll go, I've missed my true calling to be the West the Texas Surfer. Is a show like that? <laughs> This six foot five guy in a speedo with a hat and boots, <laughs> you know, with a spit cup and uh, both Cephas sticker on the back of the surf. I agree. That's exactly what I had in mind as well when I was listening to that for the first time. So, hey, listen, uh, thanks for coming I'm back to you. Speedo. <laughs> you really, you're actually listening to Sip Suds and Smokes. Today's show is on A. Smith Bowman. It's a distillery out of Fredericksburg, uh, Virginia. We're going through several products uh, that they make there, and we're having some fun along the way talking about some other things you could be listening to instead of us as well. Well, next up is going to be the Sunset Hills Gin, and we have a little bit of some controversy about exactly what type of gin this is going to be. Liquid. Liquid. Clear. (laughs) Well, here's a little bit of information about the Sunset Hills Gin. Uh, Again, this is 80 proof. It is made in the U.S. Um, Here are a little bit of some information um, from A. Smith about this. They have some tasting notes um, that they offer up. They actually uh, declare this was uh, not uh, English gin, but it is made to complement <clears throat> their English heritage. So I don't know if we're declaring this uh, London Dry or English gin, but here are some of the flavor profiles anyway. it has uh, They're declaring as juniper, licorice, lemon peel, rose petal, 
and cucumber are some of the uh, tasting notes that you'll pick up off of this particular gin. So those are the actual ingredients. <laughs> those are actual ingredients. You think? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, that's right. You're I, you're right. I, I misread that. Those are actual the ingredients in the bottle. Well, hopefully some of those we'll pick up on in our tasting notes. <laughs> well, Harmeet, uh, why don't you go through uh, your tasting notes here on Sunset Hills Gin from A Smith Bowman? Um, I didn't have too many notes on this one because it was really a straightforward gin. Um, I noticed in one of the the, the uh, packet materials I saw, they classify this as traditional London Dry. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's traditional. It's not London Dry. London Dry gin starts at 86 proof and goes up. This is an 80 proof gin. This is definitely an American style gin. And the recipe to me suggests some... Um, Scottish elements. Uh, uh, there's some famous Scottish gins. Uh, can I name drop other ones? Sure, go ahead. Knock yourself out. The very first uh, gin I ever tried that was uh, featured prominently rose petal and cucumber is Scottish gin. That's Hendrix. Mm -hmm. Now, there are some other ones that do that as well. I figured it'd be haggis, but what do I know? <laughs> haggis flavored gin is a specialty. Mm. Yeah. It's right next to the birth cake birthday cake flavored vodka i think hey if we manage to get the word spotted dick in this episode that's what i'm aiming for <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, this is a medical show too now oh okay i'm sorry there you go what was that i've made it 24 minutes and i've offended somebody maybe not the people in virginia but anyway <laughs> don't worry you can get a shot it'll go away Dessert or an enemy. <laughs> we're talking about bad english food and yeah. gin today on sip suds and smokes <laughs> So, this is actually decent gin. It's it was very well made. Let's get back to the topic. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm getting very uncomfortable with your spotted dick. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put my pants back on. <laughs> oh, there's the cigar. Mm -hmm. Um, juniper. Totally. It's it's beautiful, nice juniper, pine. The cucumber is very light. There's a hint of citrus. Adding water really brings us up because, you know, to, to drink gin, if you're, you're, you're going to make a cocktail out of it, that's one thing. If you make a martini, a martini should be shaken or stirred on ice. And when you do that, you don't only just chill the drink properly, you actually release a little bit of water. Water releases the essential oils in the drink. So the licorice came out, which was not too much. Uh, the citrus was better, but that really brought out the rose petal and cucumber more. But it was still subdued to some like the other Scottish gins I mentioned, uh, Cow Run and uh, Hendrix. It was a little more subdued, a little more held back. I guess that's just their Virginia style. And I, I gave it two sips. Well, isn't two that sips, nice? nice, but what else do you have? <clears throat> Bob, you're up next. Um, why don't you tell us what you thought about Sunset Hills gin? Uh, I thought it was a you know a decent gin. I I don't drink a lot of gin. Um, I've got a friend who's an importer. He brings in a lot of uh, gins and Geneva's from Holland, so he's bringing in some really high end crazy stuff. But uh, um, you know, a warm mouth feel, a good mouth feel to it. Definite uh, licorice up front. The juniper, the evergreen, um, definitely evergreen nose. Um, on the finish, long lingering licorice um and as harm said when you add water to it it really helps bring it out the uh the rose petal especially comes out with the addition of the water and the the cucumber definitely comes out with the uh, addition of water um i gave it a three 
Hmm. A three. How about that? Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. What was that again? Well, you know, I, again, I really enjoyed uh, Armit's uh, tasting notes around this. Um, and the stark comparison, you know, against Hendrix. I thought that that was, it was headed that way, although it's not that. Um, and, you know, I there are uh, several things that I, uh, you know, when I'm having a gin that I'm, I'm probably looking for. Um, it definitely, uh, you know, is this a herbal or floral, you know, based gin? There are some gins where, um, you know, they don't have that, you know, characteristic. The fact that, you know, they declared one of the ingredients as Juniper right off the bat told me, hey, this is headed to, you know, herbal gin town, um, for sure. So, <clears throat> um, you know, I, uh, some of my tasting notes around Sunset Hills, uh, I wrote down it was floral. Uh, it was very herbal. You can definitely pick up on the juniper. There's kind of a citrus um, element both on the nose as well as within when you're tasting it. Um, I wrote down window cleaner. And actually, uh, that's a that's a good thing, not a bad thing here. Okay? Yeah, good, yeah. The good kind of window yeah, cleaner. The good kind of window cleaner that you would drink. Yeah, right. Um, you know, there's sometimes when you when you pick up a cleaning product, you go, hmm, this, you know, you can... You can almost you can smell you know the hot elements of maybe the alcohol if it is an alcohol based um, you know a window cleaner but they usually put in you know something that smells you know really nice as well when I was smelling this I'm like hmm ah uh, yeah I've actually smelled window cleaner that smells a lot like that but um, you know <clears throat> the one thing I wrote down and I'm actually going to use this word more than once today is it's actually smooth. Um, you know, I, I agree with Harmeet. I don't drink a lot of gins <clears throat> straight up and neat. There's one that I do that with, and it's Uncle Val's. Um, I mean, that's just a that's a fantastic gin. Um, and there are so many herbs in Uncle Val's. It's, it's not just the number of herbs. Uncle Val's uses fresh botanicals. Yeah. They, they actually steam them inside the... Uh, in the still. I mean, they're hanging in a basket inside the still. You have vapor distillation. I would bet money that this is dried herbs yeah. in the... Uh, what's the name of this stuff again? Sunset Hills, Jen. <laughs> Sunset Hills. What was that again? Two sips, right? <laughs> well, uh, my sips rating for Sunset Hills is actually going to be a four. That's Let's keep this secret to ourselves. Give me another... And you know I, <clears throat> yeah, you know, yeah, I, I can definitely see uh, sitting down and uh, making some gin and tonics with these, you know, in the very near future. And yeah, I'm probably gonna line it up and and compare this against you know some other gins that, um, other that we've had on the show or we have, uh, that we have not actually reviewed uh, Uncle Val's on a very early episode. Um, we've covered uh, St. George. Um, I think just one of the St. George uh, gins I think we've covered on here. The one that's uh, the terroir uh, gin. Uh, some of the other ones we haven't uh, covered from, from St. George yet, but we will. Maybe in a, a show Do in the future. Uncle Val's gins or just the one? I'm sorry, say that again, Harmy. Uncle Val's has two different gins now. They have a restorative and a botanical. Did you do both or just the one? Um, I think that we just did the uh, botanical is the one we reviewed here on the show. Yeah, I don't think that when um, I don't think the uh, uh, restorative. restorative was out when um, really new. Yeah. So 
Yeah, it was a couple years ago. I can't remember back that far. There were a few drinks between here and there. <laughs> there were a few drinks between here and the beginning of the show. Yeah, that, that's true. All right. Well, it's time to uh, swing it to another side of the world, man. Come on, kids, sing along. That's right. We're going to be talking about uh, rum next. Steer it up. Come on, baby. Steer it up. That's right. I can't talk about rum without thinking about Jamaican reggae music, that's for sure, because we're going to be talking about George Bowman's age rum. And you guys are. This Erica, you should be playing some <laughs> Jimmy Buffett, boy. Jimmy Buffett, what I'm talking about, that's rum. Rum drink. Well,. Does does music. yeah? I was about to say, is any of the any of the Jimmy Buffett, or the Margarita Margaritaville rum, or the Blue Chair rum, is any of that even made on U.S. soil, or is it just branded here? I know Margaritaville <laughs> is bottled in uh, Bardstown. Oh, okay. Well, there you have it. Uh, I went through the bottling line one time at Barton a couple of years ago, and I saw pallets of the stuff. And it's it's imported in. from Mexico. Tequila has to be made in in. Uh, Jalisco and I think now Chihuahua. They may have opened a third, a third place. They can actually make uh, tequila though. They but put Chihuahua in it. Chihuahua. <laughs> Only in the small bottles, right? Yeah. But they're allowed. They're allowed to bottle it in America. It's for the the lower quality tequilas. They can they can ship over here. Well, it's all made there. Were they playing Bob Marley in Bardstown, or were they playing Jimmy Buffett? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we walked into the bottling line and they and they're pouring the rum in the bottles. It was it was magnificent. I got this strange, you know, picture going into my head, going, "Steer it up, little darling, steer it." It's good music. I like this. This is good rum. <laughs> Just got like this old picture going through my head. All right. What, you shot the sheriff. Barmaid. <laughs> I can't. No, we can't do that song. In the- no. <laughs> not, no. Definitely not. not. <laughs> no. Well, uh, I don't have a whole lot of information on the background on this. This is actually declared as an aged rum. Um, there are several different types of rum. Um, we'll have a show in the future. You, you know, kind of a rum one-on-one show. There's like Navy rum. Then there's. Uh, white rum, aged rum, then there's very, very old, you know, um, aged rum as well. Um, <clears throat> so this one is declared as aged rum. Um, I noticed there's no age statement on this aged rum. Yeah, you know, um, I think that I saw, uh, I, hmm, I'm just going to shoot from the hip. I want to say it was like eight years um, was kind of the average on this rum. I don't believe that it's like a vintage. I think it's like eight to ten years is, is what they were aiming for. I'd be surprised age. for eight months. <laughs> eight months. Well, we'll see. We'll 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 do that in post production research, and then I'll come back and correct myself. So um, this is eighty proof. That much I got right. It is uh, after the namesake George Bowman, and this is the George Bowman Age Rum. Harmeet, your tasting notes on this product. 
Um, actually, I thought it was nice nose, a little tropical, no, uh, mango and banana, and some that blackstrap molasses, slightly floral. Um, let's see. It's hard to read this now. We've been drinking. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's just your handwriting. <laughs> yeah, my handwriting just somehow got worse. <laughs> the flavors were nice. Uh, it had a long finish. It was pretty good. I added a little bit of cold water to it to see if I can bring some more out. Didn't improve that much. Um, it's more of a mixer, not a sipper. I I don't think it was smooth enough to say this was eight year old rum. It's got to be. Mm. It's got to be young. Uh, I gave it three <clears throat> sips. Three sips. How about that? Interesting. Hmm, interesting. What was that again, Bob? Your um, tasting notes on. George Bowman's aged rum. Yeah, it had a very, very smooth nose to it. Um, picked up some coconut, some tropical fruit on the palate. Uh, very sweet up front. Molasses, brown sugar. Um, all in all, I, 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 a pretty decent rum. I gave it a three. A three. How about that? Interesting. Mm, interesting. What was that again? Well, you know. Um, I certainly taste a lot of rums, and um, I, I did, <laughs> and and I uh, and I sing along with Bob Marley at the same time. It helps me, so I'm just uh, taking another uh, sip and a sniff and swirl of this as well. You know, I think the one thing that hits me up front about this is butterscotch. This is, <clears throat> you know, has a butterscotch or uh, a caramel, you know. Uh, sweetness to it both on the nose as well as when you taste because this. i want to smell this butterscotch hmm. yep definitely um that is totally butterscotch um right i missed that the first time i don't know hmm. you good horrible there. man it's there it's good <clears throat> that's right we're here to help each other man it's one mm. love one <laughs> <laughs> don't you have any jimmy buffett in your soundboard somewhere uh negative for today mm. no jimmy buffett I negative you know i have some really bad memories of, of buffett concerts that don't end well and there are way too many pictures so <laughs> you know i don't think you that, have memory of a jimmy buffett concert. there you go that would be it yeah wrong. i think the first time i saw buffett was actually in florida um uh so I at least remember the state that I was in, Bob. So that is a good thing, you know. State of inebriation. <laughs> um I remember most people with their clothes on. So uh yeah. Um the rest is a bit of a blur out of that um out of that experience. So yeah, I think I was probably maybe a sophomore um in college at the time. Um. Yeah, it was definitely a pretty, uh, pretty wild. Those were time. still on. You were a failure as a sophomore. <laughs> well, you know, it's contributed to the fact that I'm overeducated and overpaid. So, <laughs> you know. sorry, I interrupted your tasting note. So butterscotch. Yeah, and I, I, I love it. That's, that's good. Yeah, you know, butterscotch. You know, um, it had almost like a bit of a leathery, you know, kind of earthy earthiness to it you know some some rums you have are you know really you know quick on and off you know this one kind of was hanging around you know on your palate so i don't know if that's just a component of some of the aging you know itself but um it uh it had a nice finish to it um 
Yeah, I think probably with some of the other age rums, you know, that I've had, I I don't know that I would uh, use the same word, which is smooth. This is smooth. Um, I mean, I we're I'm enjoying it neat here. Um, I did add a little bit of water to see if anything else changed, and not really. Just tasted like rum with a little bit of water you know, after that as well. Would you have this on the rocks, or would you mix this? I, would, I thought this was better for mixing. Um, I would probably mix this. I don't know that I would. Um, I don't know that I would bring anything that would be would add any more sugar, you know, to it at all. You know, Sorry. yeah, sweet. Um, I would probably go after some things that would bring both citrus and salt, you know, around this um, to kind of surround some of the sweetness, you know, within the rum itself to kind of round things out. Um, you're making me thirsty, boy. <laughs> I, I, I actually I agree with Harmon. I think it, it, it definitely drinks younger. I'd, I'd really like to see what this would taste like if they gave it another five or six years. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'll, uh, I'll sit yeah, down. And, really open up even more. Yeah, I'd sit down and uh, I need to research exactly, you know, what was the aging, you know, component around this for sure. Uh, we'll post it. Blend of several years. I'm sure it's not one batch. Yeah, I agree. I think they're uh, always trying to maintain a certain flavor profile. Well, my sips rating here for the George Bowman H Rum is actually going to be a four once again. That's mm, interesting. I'm sorry. Let's keep this secret to ourselves. Give me another. Is our sips four rating? Well, we're swinging on around to uh, one of our favorite topics, which is whiskey. And the next product up is going to be. <laughs> I have applause. Uh, you know, we can, we can get to it. We do talk about a lot of things on this show. Um, so I tell you what. Uh, actually, I'm going to. Let's see. I'm just uh, checking out our time here. Listen, we're going to take another quick break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the John J. Bowman single barrel uh, right after that. So we'll be right back. Far West Texas Surf Report. This is Punch Kennedy with your Dawn Patrol Report for Wednesday, August 12th. I didn't quite know what to expect this morning. There's a mix of swell in the water. A short period swell from the west, stirred up by a local storm front. Whiffs of horse stalls and spilt beers in the air. And something a little more ancient feeling. A southerly groundswell traveling all the way from the equator, carrying subtle notes of coffee and agave. It ain't easy predicting how a combination like this will present itself at the breaks. That's pretty deep for a surf report carrying coffee all the way from the equator. I remember that monologue. That was during that was on Apocalypse Now, right? No. <laughs> Going into the village, something about wanting to fight or something. I think this guy was wearing the same outfit. Welcome back to Sip Suds and Smokes. 
you were catching up with the West Texas Surf Report, which is uh, the other show on at uh, this time um, on another station. So we didn't want you to miss any of those deep thoughts. <laughs> Plus, I'm glad that I could brush up on my Texas accent. I am with Bob. I have this mental picture of my head with a guy on a longboard with a pair of chaps and a speedo and a, and a cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> Got a bandana around his neck, looks like Robert Duvall and Apocalypse Now. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <clears throat> Nothing like something but the smell of seaweed in the morning with a hint of coffee that's carried from the equator. <laughs> I'm sorry, but this is Fort Lauderdale, and I've been to those parties. That boy's not surfing. <laughs> He's not. He's something, but it's not surfing. Hmm. Well, um, we have uh, another great product to uh, talk about here from A. Smith Bowman, the John J. Bowman Single Barrel. Um, so this is a whiskey uh, from A. Smith Bowman. Um, let's see. Here's a little bit of background on this particular product. Early pioneer Colonel John J. Bowman first explored Kentucky in 1775. Four years later, he moved his family to Lincoln County, where they were among the earliest settlers of Kentucky. He presided over Kentucky's first county court and was also appointed the first military commander and governor of Kentucky County. He was great. Uh, he was the great great uncle of a Abraham Bowman, uh, founder of Virginia A. Smith's Bowman Distillery. And we're talking about the single uh, barrel uh, version, which actually commemorates uh, this early American pioneer. Some of the uh, tasting notes uh, from the distillery itself. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, is uh, they declared have hints of toffee, leather, figs, and almonds on the nose. The palate is a taste of smooth and well-rounded, with a touch of figs and almonds. It's supposed to have a long, dry finish. Again, this is uh, actually this is a hundred proof. It's aged ten years and is declared a bourbon. So uh, that's a little bit about the John J. Bowman single barrel that we're enjoying today. Harmy, what do you think about this product? I'm retasting it as we speak. And I really enjoyed this one. I didn't get the almonds. I like their tasting, but I didn't get the almonds. Um, it's a nice corn sweetness, caramel and fig. And it was, as you were going to use several times today, smooth. Mm -hmm. It's a bit hot at 100 proof, but smooth. And what I loved was just a few drops of water kicked up that nose a lot. And it just was warm and inviting and pretty. Um, but not overly complex. Um, I didn't, still don't get the uh, almonds, and uh, I gave it a four. A four? How about that? That's possible. Let's keep the secret to ourselves. Pour me another, <clears throat> Bob. What do you think about the John J. Bowman single barrel? Well, I picked up the scent of tamales and uh, agave coming up from the equator. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think he's picking up the scent of something from south of the border, but I don't think that it's agave. <laughs> uh, that was the Rio Grande surf report. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah, uh, sure. yeah, I definitely got the the weather notes on the nose, toffee, uh, brown sugar, a little bit of vanilla uh, on the palate. Very mouth warming, very mouth coating. Um, I didn't pick up the almonds, but I definitely picked up the leather notes. I picked up the vanilla. I picked up the oak. Um, good finish, slightly dry, um, medium length, too long finish. 
Uh, oh no, a very solid, very solid bourbon. I've had it many times before, and uh, it's something that I will continue to buy. I give it a four. A four as well. That's classified. Let's keep the secret to ourselves. Pour me another. While well, my tasting notes here on the John J. Bowman single barrel. Um, you know, the uh, the first thing I wrote down is it had kind of a, a sweet caramel nose, kind of earthy um, leather. Um, I agree with Harmi. Uh, just really a, just a, a drop or two of water really kind of opened this up. And uh, um, this is the first time I've had this product today. Uh, I've not had it at a previous tasting. And so it was kind of great to... Just taste something with a unabated, you know, impression of you know what this is or what it could be. Um, you know, me too. I, timers here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, me too. I know. Mm, sorry, I was taking another swig there. Um, so the the caramel is uh, it is kind of a bit burnt, um, and uh, I can I don't know that I would go all the way saying with toffee. Because I guess when I think of toffee, it's something way sweeter than what this is, and it's not that sweet. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, hey, I'm going to use that same word again, which is smooth. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's just a a mark of the artist, um, of you know the the real skill that it takes of something that really is this pleasing and this smooth. But uh, again, I really uh, really like this. This is a very solid product. Um, my sips rating for the J. Jum, J. Joman, J. Bowman single barrel is going to be a four. Let's keep this secret to ourselves. Pour me another, and I would definitely say that you know with this product, this is a good start. I'll have another of, the, of one of those. And I like how Bob pointed out the mouthfeel. I'd, I'd I'd skip that. I think the mouthfeel of this is just pretty, really beautiful. Yeah. Well, well, product it really is. It's very well made. It is. Well, it kind of sets things up for, I think, really talking about some of the remaining, you know, products that are, you know, kind of uh, looking down the line of whiskeys, you know, that they have um, as well. So next up is going to be the Bowman Brothers Small Batch, uh, which is another whiskey from A. Smith Bowman. And here's a little description about this particular product. Uh, this small batch bourbon has been distilled three times until the finest corn, rye, and balted marley. After many years of aging in new charred oak barrels, the 90-proof Virginia bourbon whiskey with will please even the most discerning palate. The nose is warm like the Virginia summer. It's complex flavor with hints of vanilla and oak, while the finish is smooth and mellow like a quiet night on the front porch. Enjoy straight over ice or with a splash of water. Wow, that was written by an ad guy. <clears throat> Definitely. I don't think that I can write that eloquent, that's for sure. <laughs> like the said Marley, though. Yeah, I was about to say, are you given to spoonerisms, or is that just the <laughs> malted barley speaking? The I think, malted Marley, sorry. <laughs> I think this. I think that description, you need a little bit of black of bluegrass you know, flowing in the background. Well, the nose on this is warm like the Virginia summer. Complex flavor has hints of... I don't have enough foghorn leghorn in this, do I? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, no, I say, son, no, you do not have enough in you. Hey, partner, I'm telling you, it's a complex flavor with hints of vanilla and oak. I say, I say, the finish on this is smooth and a mellow like a quiet night on the front porch. <laughs> so... Uh, let's add me a quiet night on the front porch. Okay. It's always about the dog barking and somebody with a shotgun and 
damn kids with their firecrackers. <laughs> Don't talk about your first wedding. <laughs> it's over, okay? Get over it. It's been years. Get Move on. <laughs> Is my wife here? What's going on? Let's move on. I'm glad there are no swords in this discussion whatsoever yet. <laughs> so... <laughs> the ABV on this, uh, the proof on this is 90 uh, proof, um, and it is declared a bourbon. Um, Harmy, what do you think about the Bowman Brothers small batch? I liked it a lot without water. I got a lot of vanilla, and there was tropical fruit on this one. Uh, some mango, some coconut coming out. I really enjoyed it. Uh, smooth, as you said. The warmth of that uh, Virginia night brings back bad memories. <laughs> It was it, it it was warm and it was good and I I did try a little add I did add more water and it did bring the coconut up but other than that I didn't think it needed it at all and I gave it three stars hmm. three interesting <clears throat> interesting what was that again Bob what do you think about the Bowman Brothers small batch uh, had a nice nose definitely. Uh, vanilla slight bit of oak you could you could smell the caramel um on the palate the fruit really did seem to come out uh hint of coconut a little bit of tropical fruit a little bit of melon in the back um overall a, a good solid whiskey uh i give it a three hmm. another three as well interesting interesting what was that again after re-drink, after retasting it i'm leaning towards four but i'd still like that uh single barrel better Hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that this had some different characteristics, you know, than the than the single barrel itself. I think probably the most distinctive element was uh, the wood. There was probably a lot more vanilla and oak in this versus the single barrel. Um, and I really thought those were the things that were kind of shining through um, in this particular product more so than the um, than the single barrel um, version that we had earlier. Um, <clears throat> I do think that it was, uh, uh, I'm going to use the same word again, smooth. Um, it was very nice to drink. Um, I actually did drop a, a full, um, ice cube in this. Um, I was just kind of curious, you know, kind of what happened with this, um, sitting on an ice cube because I was wondering if the sweetness would, um, how that would kind of interplay with this. Um, I actually did not like it better with ice, <laughs> um, or, you know, cooling it down either, um <clears throat> i tried it again here uh just with a little bit of cold water and i probably liked it a little bit better than i did with a full-blown ice cube um you know i uh think this is another really solid product for me smith bowman um my sips rating for the bowman brothers small batch is also a four as well that's classified let's keep this secret to ourselves pour me another and i would definitely probably say that again you know with this product um as well well, we've covered uh, some some great products from A. Smith, you know Bowman so far, and I wanted to kind of swing around and and talk about uh, a product that we actually uh, uh, don't really like to talk about products that are not readily available. But I think it would be a tragedy to actually kind of omit talking about a great part of their product line. So the Abraham Bowman Limited Edition series is. Um, not something that we're going to review in a tremendous amount of detail. I want to talk a, a little bit about it, but it's still definitely worthy of discussion. There's some great products, but they're also in very limited supply. How limited, Bob? Scary. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, you know, you'll see bits and pieces here and there, but unless you got a friend that lives near Fredericksburg, they're hard to get. Yeah. Well, still, we do, uh, we see these products, you know, periodically, and uh, uh, I have tasted several of these, and they're definitely worthy of uh, talking about. Probably the the most tragic part of the story is that Truman Cox, who we talked a little bit earlier, that actually came over from Buffalo Trace, um, really brought a true sense of adventure about making whiskey. He is, he really had a lot of his thumbprints on really showing um, a lot of consumers uh, a variety of things that you can do in making uh, bourbon. Um, he is most known for the Single Oak Project, <clears throat> which is a, a lineup from a Buffalo Trace. And sadly, the, the thing is with this particular lineup, once he came to A. Smith Bowman, he started the uh, Abraham Bowman series and he died tragically at the age of 44 and so the vast majority of these products he never got to see them come into the marketplace and so we are um, enjoying the fruits of a lot of his labor <clears throat> um, and uh, you know it'll be interesting to see if how much of this you know they continue with at A. Smith Bowman um, with extending a lot of things in the in the limited edition line, there are about twelve different excuse me, <clears throat> there are about twelve different releases um, in the Abraham Bowman series um, out already, and these come out um, it's like every three months, is that right, or is it annually? I think they, I want to say it comes out you know two or three times a year. I don't know if they have a definite uh, schedule on it because. Uh, it, it, it seems like you'll hear about one and another one. You won't hear anything for a while again. So. Yeah. So um, I know you guys have had some of this. In fact, you probably have broken out a bottle right there uh, to enjoy. As um, we speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I know you Can guys we? all too well. So, uh, tell oh, us, happens, no. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what you're enjoying and what you kind of think about the Abraham you know, Bowman series in general. Um, I'm, I've been a big fan of, of their products. I, I, I got to meet Truman uh, several years ago at Whiskey Fest when, when they were really just starting to, to really come out. And uh, you, couldn't, you couldn't find a nicer guy and a guy who was just more you know, excited at the prospect of where he was you know, going with this. You, know, he was just, he, you could tell this is a guy who just really enjoyed what he was doing and enjoyed talking about it. And, you know, he's at a giant show in New York City. There's hundreds of people in there talking to everyone. And, you know, he, he was kind enough to, you know, give me his card. I, I had a few questions. He, he would always respond. I mean, this is a busy guy. This is not, you know, one guy in a huge distillery with hundreds of employees. And he was, it was just gracious with his time, um, was just a really, truly nice guy. It was, it was, it was, it was just a tragic blow to lose him at that young of an age. Um, I'm just hoping that they're going to continue to build on the basis of what he started. And, and from, you know, from what I've gathered, it looks like they are. And we're just now really starting to enjoy some of the stuff I think that he, you know, had a hand in creating. Um, I've got several bottles of the, uh, the limited round here. I think I've got a bottle of the port somewhere. We're enjoying a taste of the uh, last min- with the last millennium bottling. Um, Great bottle, excellent, excellent whiskey. Yeah. What, what? I'm still thinking. I'm. I just love the notes. This is much more complex than the other ones we tasted tonight. Um, 
there is more nuttiness here. That the, the almonds that I thought were missing in the single barrel are definitely here. Yeah. Mm. I'm just coming back to it, and I I didn't put any water in the, the hundred proof. Um, I may touch it. I, I may touch it up with a little bit to see how it changes. But uh, right now, I don't. I don't feel compelled to do that. I'm just enjoying it. Hmm. But I have a half a case. Happy Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> this one gets a five. Yeah. Well, well, how about that? Oh my goodness! Yeah! 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 Well, uh, I think that that is uh, definitely the impression that most consumers have of the uh, Abraham Bowman series, and I think that if you have the good fortune to be able to pick up a bottle in that series, um, definitely avail yourself of that opportunity and uh, taste it and drop us a note. Let us know what you think about uh, uh, what particular version you picked up, and uh, we'd love to hear back from you on that as well. Well, we've had a great discussion of uh, the A. Smith Bowman Distillery and these products today, and hopefully you've enjoyed the discussion. We'll wrap up our episode for today. Well, uh, you can uh, catch all of our episodes online um, on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube, PRX, and Spreaker, our native media host. iTunes and our own Android app are the easiest ways to enjoy the show on your phone. Just search for Sip Sud Smokes on iTunes or in the Google Play Store. We definitely love your feedback as well, and you can reach us online anytime at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. You can reach Harmeet online at harmeet at sipsudsandsmokes.com, or you can reach Bob at maidmanbob at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter, and you can reach us online at at sipsudsmoke is our handle on Twitter. Our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. Listen to us a favor and take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a great big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. This episode of Sip, Suds, and Smokes is sponsored by Fine Spirits Wine and Liquor. Check out the Inomatic machines to sample great products by the glass, including great selections of bourbon and whiskey. You can reach them online at www.finespirits.net. Well, I definitely want to thank our host for being here today. Bob, um, if you want to take a minute, share with our audience a little bit more about the Bourbon Mafia. Uh, the Bourbon Mafia is a nonprofit organization. We're comprised of high-end bourbon enthusiasts and members of the spirits and service industry. Uh, with representation in 10 states, the group raises money for local and national charities through rare bottle auctions and other bourbon-themed events. Uh, it's a great group of guys. It is, and uh, I'm very proud that uh, we get to borrow Bob from that organization and I'm sure that they teach him common dialects across uh, various parts of the country to bring here to our show. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice byproduct of getting around with a, a good group of guys. Bob had 17 types of hillbilly in his blood, but uh, meeting with the Bourbon Mafia guys, he's at another 30, 40. Well, there mm-hmm. you go. Uh, I'm glad the love keeps going around. Bob, definitely thank you for joining us today. Always a pleasure to be here. Harmeet, thank you for joining us here. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me back. Always. Well, this is good old boy Mike asking you to join us once again and keep on sipping.
This has been a One Tan Hand production of Sip Suds and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.